The Mariners trade away good vibes. The Kraken unveil their winter classic jerseys. And the Seahawks on Thanksgiving. Welcome back to another episode of the Seattle Sports Show, where we love Seattle professional sports. I'm your host, Mikey, and we got a big topic that we need to get to right away, and that is the Mariners trading A. Eugenio Suarez to the Arizona Diamondbacks for right-hand pitcher Carlos Vargas and catcher Sebi Zavala. And what do we feel about this? I'll tell you what. Uh, just looking at reactions online yesterday, people are not happy. The good vibes are out. The backups and projects are in. And, and that just leads to a very angry fan base. Especially after, again, the, the way the season ended, missing the playoffs, the way they did their end-of-season press conference and talking about fans should be or should feel lucky <laughs> or that, sorry, that uh, that the front office did us a favor uh, by uh, not making big moves, uh, you know, and, and now the, the biggest move that they made so far in, in this offseason is trading away uh, a beloved third baseman, beloved in that clubhouse, beloved by the fans, uh, and for a backup catcher and a relief pitcher who is uh, a project right now. (laughs) And and we know how well the Mariners are able to turn pitchers around and find what it is that they need to do uh, to finally click. But that's what it is. Everybody here felt like Suarez should have been nominated for uh, the gold glove, right? That's how good his defense was. And, uh, you know, again, he's the good vibes guy in the clubhouse. Uh, good vibes for the fans, you know, with all the interviews he would do and, and how much he would show appreciation for the fans. I was at the very last game of the season uh, where he, you know, gave his little speech uh, at the end and just talked about how thankful he was uh, for the fans here in Seattle. Uh, So, you know, fans absolutely love him. Does that mean this was a bad move? Not exactly, okay? As good as his you know, third base play was, he wasn't nominated for a gold glove. Um, I, I, I do agree that he should have been, but the fact that he wasn't should tell you, because you're probably like me and a lot of baseball fans, you're probably just watching your home team. Baseball ga- games are long. There's 162 of them. 
I don't spend a lot of time watching all the other teams around baseball. So, you know, there probably are better defensive third basemen. And then that comes along with Suarez at the plate declining. He's been declining. Um, you know, the strikeouts, they are way up. The, the, the average, obviously not there. The, the power diminishing, and he's in his 30s. So we're not expecting that to turn around uh, and all of a sudden come back. You know, he could have a, a year in there that, uh, where the power pops again because that's baseball, but you're not expecting that to get better. So not necessarily a bad trade. In a vacuum, it looks horrible. We, what we do know is that the Mariners, um, I saw it written that we're saving about $11 million. Again, in a vacuum, this looks horrible because if you're telling me this trade was just made to save $11 million, then that's, that's the worst. And uh, the, the Mariners do not deserve your money. Do not go to a game this year, you know? But if this is a move that is a precursor to another move, then we have to wait and see and how we feel about it. Um, you, you know, it, it, do, it does turn out the trade that we, we made for Urias was definitely to make him the third baseman. Uh, we were talking about how there was a lot of utility players all of a sudden on the team. Uh, Urias was a guy that can play third base. And uh, now he is the guy on your roster as of right now that is the third baseman. You know, it's not going to be uh, Rojas, Caballero, uh, and Urias playing for the utility player based on not not uh, in 2023, but based in previous year's numbers. You're going to look at Urias's. They're probably hoping he bounces back, and that that is going to be your third baseman. And then Rojas and Caballero. I'm guessing Rojas will be your second baseman, Caballero be the utility player. Okay, so uh, that that's the way it looks right now. And again, that does not look exactly great. If they cleared that $11 million because they have another, you know, whether it's a free agent signing that is going to be a big one or it's a trade that's going to be a big one, that ends up filling up that $11 million, it might not be so bad. Uh, again, we very well could end up with somebody much younger, with better power, better average, uh, not as many strikeouts. So I'm not going to say this is horrible yet. It, it, it looks horrible right now. I, I do have to wait and see how the rest of this offseason plays out to tell you how I really feel about it. Now, this is the front office's own fault for the feelings of the fans uh, being as angry as they are right now and as anxious as they are right now. Because, you know what, aiming for 54% and saying that doing that is doing fans a favor uh, in the season in which you just missed the playoffs when you won 54%, uh, you know, this 
this kind of move does not get you to 54% in a vacuum. This definitely makes your team worse. <laughs> you know, again, you're, you're trading away your every day. Again, he played in all 162 games. Uh, your everyday third baseman, uh, who was great defensively and just was a good leader in the clubhouse, right? So that, and just getting a backup catcher and a project for a leaf pitcher, yeah, that, that does not get you to 54%. So it's their own fault for fans being as angry as they are. Because if this is the kind of move that you're going to make, uh, you can't have said the things that you said, and you better have something else, you know, in, in the pipeline. This better have been something that was done that, again, is leading to something else. Uh, we, we're, we're, we're looking at, I, I believe... They said after this trade was made, we're sitting somewhere around $130 million payroll right now. League average is 165. Last year, we were only at 150. And um, I saw projections that people are thinking that they're only going to spend $140 million this year. That would be worst case scenario. It better not be that. Yeah. Because then, yes, if that ends up being the case, then this really was just a salary dump. But if this move leads to a big free agent uh, signing, whether it whether it is a third baseman that's coming in, and uh, Urias, Caballero, and Rojas are real, they really are competing for that second base and utility position, or if it's you know. Uh, a big bat at first base um, to, re, you know, to replace, uh, you know, again, Ty France really struggled last year. Or if we are looking uh, at a big bat in right field. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about Juan Soto out there and making that trade. Does this help clear a little bit of space uh, to make the trade for Soto? We'll have again. We're gonna have to wait and see. Um, again, I myself, I'm not happy about this. I, you know, I'm, uh, and it's not for a lot of reasons that a lot of fans are. Um, I see a lot of fans online just uh, talking about how they're a fan of a Eugenio Suarez, and just that's not the kind of fan I am. I am a fan of Suarez. But if you're telling me there's a better option out there, I would rather have the better player. Uh, I, I love that, you know, when when your team has good guys that you like to root for, that's a bonus. But first and foremost, uh, I want the best possible player you can get for your team. And, um, you know, uh, if, if there's a, uh, a better player that you can get... Uh, instead of Suarez, then I'm all for the move. But we'll see if they we'll see if they do that. Again, the front office has not given us any confidence that uh, they are about to make a move like that. But I uh, I am still hopeful. Uh, another free agent I am still hopeful for is Otani. Okay. Uh, again, 
I am not confident that they are going to get Otani. Uh, and the last time that we talked here, we talked about how angry we would be if the Mariners do not even make an offer to Otani because uh, he wouldn't be in their realistic uh, plans for their for their payroll. Now we have heard that they, you know, that the Mariners aren't totally out on Otani. You know, the initial reports are making it sound like, oh, well, he's just not, you know, in the Mariners' plans. Now we're hearing reports. Okay, well, the Mariners will go after Otani. Uh, they're just, of course, not going to give him as much money as other teams will probably give him or offer him. But they can still give him a lot of money, but also a lot of control over his situation. They could be a little bit more creative than other teams would be willing to be. Uh, you know, because if another team is going to give him, you know, 50, 60 million dollars a year, they're probably going to want that to be locked in and guaranteed. Where maybe the Mariners, they can be a, a little bit more creative and give Otani more control over his situation, giving him options to opt out after a certain number of years. That way, if he feels like it's not going good, uh, he can he can then still opt out and, and go somewhere else still if he wanted to, which could be a big deal for Otani. We saw how it worked out for him in Los Angeles uh, with the Angels. You can you can sign somewhere uh, a big contract. You can have other big name players on the team, but yeah, they you could still end up not in a playoff game for your in that entire duration uh, of that contract. So could that be appealing to Otani where you say, Hey, we're going to give you a, I don't know, six or seven year contract, but you know, after year three, every year after that, you have the option to opt out if you want to, if you don't feel like it's going well, or, you know, you just aren't happy with, you know, the results you're getting, with the Mariners, uh, you can opt out and and still have a chance uh, in your career to go somewhere else if you want. I, to me, that sounds appealing, right? Uh, and uh, what we know of Otani, that sounds like that could be something that would be very appealing to him. Uh, and it's probably something again that not other teams uh, can or would be willing to offer, just based on, you know potentially how much more money they are going to be offering again if you know the 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 bonus that the mariners do have for the ballpark again he's not going to come here and win win a triple crown probably uh but if he does want to continue his pitching career after this year um you know you would think that would look very enticing as well to be in uh in t-mobile versus anywhere else so uh we'll see uh again the offseason is just getting started uh the first big move that the mariners make is trading away uh eugenio suarez and the good vibes that doesn't feel good for that to be the first big move that they make but i hope this is just the first in a series of big moves all right so there you go there's your mariners let's go ahead and let's talk some seahawks on thanksgiving now All right, and this Seahawks, I am recording this on Thanksgiving morning. 
everybody in my house, in my family, is still asleep at the moment. Uh, so uh, just getting ready for a big day of good food and hopefully some good football, uh, some good winning football, hopefully. Uh, injury report, we should go over that real quick um, because, you know, there was a lot of potential uh, injuries uh, that would keep, or there was a lot of injuries that would potentially keep players out in this one. Uh, unfortunately, uh, safety Jarek Reed, uh, he is done for the season. He was a standout star player um, uh, on special teams. So that is, that is actually uh, a big bummer of a loss. One, a bummer for Jarek Reed, of course, and uh, hope that he can recover quickly and uh, come back strong next year, um, being such a young player. Uh, hopefully he's able to make that happen. Uh, but uh, we are losing Jarek Reed for the rest of this year and losing uh, the what he brings on special teams. Uh, Kenneth Walker, the third, he is going to be missing this game. Uh Still no real indication on just how much time um, Walker is going to miss. But, um, yeah, he wasn't able to do anything this week, so he is out uh, of this game. He We will not have Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker III in here. Uh, and uh, Derek Young as well. Uh, unfortunately, you know, he just recently came back and, uh, re-aggravated his abdomen. So we, we're, we're not going to be seeing him. Uh, Abraham Lucas was really hoping this was going to be the week that he was coming back. Um, but it sounds like he's not going to be playing in this game either. So Jason Peters will be getting the start, uh, at right tackle still, who has done great by the way it just sure would be nice to have lucas in there as the starter and uh peters you know you can uh, uh peters has shown he can play anywhere on the line um in his career even at 41 years old and it would be nice if we were able to rotate him in and out more with uh you know the competent starter versus um you know Peters already being the 41-year-old backup that you signed uh, in the middle of the season and then having to rotate him in with another backup. It, it just would be nice to have, you know, your your star starters uh, on the line. Okay, so Lucas out. Geno Smith in. We are very lucky that, uh, you know, Geno Smith was able to work his way through the pain this week uh, and that he will uh, get the start. Uh, again, we saw what it looked like, um, you know, with just, again, just a, a few plays. But, yeah, Drew Locke is not the starter. Geno Smith is a starter that you want to start this game and to be in, hopefully, for the entire game. Okay, uh, he 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 can help this team go much more than Drew Locke can. Um, so Geno Smith, he's a go. Um, 
who else did that lead to? Oh, Jamal Adams. Again, that was one that surprised me last week. I just somehow missed it. Jamal Adams, he will be in for this game. And this is a big game for him to be in again. Uh, we need, you know, just with all the weapons that San Francisco has, Debo, Ayuk, uh, McCaffrey, Kittle, we need that uh, strong safety who can come up and uh, put some doubt in the minds of those receivers as they are, you know, trying to uh, make catches, catches over the middle, which again is just going to be killer uh, for this matchup. That's going to be a big deal. Um, can we stop the athletes that they have over the middle? We know that uh, our linebackers have struggled to cover this season. Um, you know, uh, safety... Uh, coverage has been an issue at times as well. And what San Francisco does uh, can be a problem for those areas specifically. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I love the athletes that we have on the outside, uh, on corner, and you know, covering the slot with a witherspoon. Uh, so we'll see if we can uh, shut these guys down right away and get uh, the timing off a little bit. Uh, I don't think Purdy's a very good quarterback. I, I think uh, he has great, exceptional athletes around him. And because they are so good that they are, you know, Brock Purdy is able to get in a rhythm with them because, I mean, especially look at Ayuk. That guy is open 99% of the time. Uh, you know, and Debo, he, once he has a ball in his hands, he makes, he he's just hard to bring down. Okay, so, uh, and, and, and Kittle, again, this year, he's having another one of those years where he is just going off and uh, he's running great routes and uh, hard to cover and, and just, just open all the time uh you know and, and then the you know you know McCaffrey is just that x factor out of the backfield uh running out of the backfield catching out of the backfield lining up wherever I mean he's just that x factor that's just going to be so hard to cover uh but uh if you can throw the timing off uh with great coverage um you know jamming at the line that 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 could throw a, a quarterback off like Purdy. Uh, I, you know, if they, 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 they get a, <laughs> a win coming back out of the bye week and uh, all of a sudden people think, the, uh, you know, he's the second, second coming of Joe Montana again. You know, the, w w without Debo, they lost three games in a row. So uh, I, I do believe Purdy is very dependent on the weapons around him and uh, again matchup wise uh you know it, it's just like we i said with the lions i just feel like the seahawks for what san francisco is trying to do we are built to stop them and uh offensively the way our team is built is to attack their weaknesses uh 
we know they have a lot of stars on that defense, especially across the defensive line. Every defensive lineman on that team is a former first-round pick, whether it was their own first-round picks or they're getting them from, uh, you know, from another team. But just like I said with the Lions, the 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 running attack that the Seahawks have is very much designed to do well against a team like the Lions, like the 49ers. So I like our chances to be able to run in this, except for the fact that K-9 is out. If he was in, my goodness, I think he could have a big game here. Uh, so it's going to be Charbonnet, who I think can still have a big game. He just doesn't have that same explosiveness uh, and home run speed that you would get with K-9 in there. Um, but I, I think he can still still have a big game. And we're getting Kenny McIntosh back in. So, so K-9 is out. Kenny McIntosh was a healthy scratch last week after coming back from uh, injury reserve. He's in this week. I am very excited to see Kenny McIntosh play. Again, he is... Uh, a weapon he does have home run speed he he is a fantastic uh route runner and uh catcher of the football okay so i'm excited to see what it looks like with charbonnet and canine i uh, not canine with uh kenny back there in the backfield together i would like to see that formation more this week with uh, both running backs uh lined up next to uh the to the quarterback on either side i think they can run some good play action out of that i think because of the athletes that they have in the backfield um even with uh canine out and you're bringing uh kenny in i i I think there's a lot of creative things that you can do out of that formation if shane waldron decides to be creative um so we're going to see uh, what he can scheme up. Again, uh, I'm just, you know, we're over halfway through the season, so I'm not confident at this point. I need to see Shane Waldron uh, calling plays that put puts his athletes uh, in the best position to succeed, and I don't think he's doing that, especially in the red zone and third down, uh, and those are areas that the Seahawks are near the bottom of the league in, uh, and it's just because the, there's a lot, huge lack of creativity from Shane Waldron's offense in those situations. It's like he gets to third down, and he just forgets you know, everything else that he's able to do and just goes to the same plays over and over and over and over. So hopefully he's kind of able to wake up in this game, uh, you know, a Thanksgiving primetime home game uh, and, uh, and call up some creative plays on third down and in the red zone. Uh, but yes, I am very excited to see uh, Kenny McIntosh in and uh, have Zach and Kenny, uh, you know, attack the 49ers. Uh, I'm, again, matchup wise, uh, I think K9, not K9, gosh, again, DK Metcalf and uh, 
JSN should be matchup nightmares uh, against the 49ers. They, they should be fearful of uh, our receivers based on based on the uh, corners that they have. I think uh, I think we have a couple of receivers that should have big big days uh, against their corners. Again, everybody would. It's another thing that's been very overrated for the 49ers. They do have a lot of former first-round picks. They have a lot of stars across their defense, uh, but they actually do give up uh, a lot of yards, and uh, the Seahawks are very good at getting yards. We just got to finish in this game. We got to uh, take advantage of that and uh, you know get some touchdowns if, if we're going to win this game. Uh, so there's your little preview. Of course, uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this game because, uh, you know, we'll we'll do a post-game show uh, later on. I, you know, I don't know if I'll get to it on Thanksgiving night, <laughs> but uh, maybe, uh, you know, if I'm not asleep myself, everybody else in my house will probably still, be, you know, they'll probably go to bed early after all that turkey. So we'll see. But um, we'll talk more about this game once this game happens. Uh, let's go ahead and let's talk uh, a little Kraken. All right, and for the Kraken, let's bring up their winter classic jerseys that were unveiled, originally somehow unveiled by the Utah Jazz uh, on Twitter. I don't know how that happened, but they were the first ones to uh, unveil it. And then I saw, again, I'm a wrestling fan. I watched AEW. I saw the jerseys being worn in promotions uh, by wrestlers and, uh, you know, talent over there. Uh, But now, yesterday, finally, the Kraken unveiled them themselves, and they look fantastic. I am really uh, loving these jerseys. Uh, I like the colors. I like the design. Uh, just really cool to see. Uh, it would be cool to see the Kraken, you know, actually get a win though. So, you know, are they gonna, are they gonna get that done? I do not know. (laughs) Uh, they they just, um, you know, I, I, I guess we have to give them props for the win that they got last night against San Jose in a 7-1 win but san jose is so horrible that I, I don't know how good to feel about it i didn't actually watch that game myself either i'm it pr- probably would have been one of the more fun games to finally watch this season a lot of them have not been fun but they scored seven goals so it had to have been at least a fun watch the game before that though they lost to calgary uh four to three so uh in, in overtime, another game where they gave up a lead late and then lost in overtime. So there's a there's just a lot of things going on with the Kraken that um, still not sure that they are going to put it all together. Uh, not a lot to talk about with the Kraken besides the jersey reveals because they've only played a couple of games since the last one. But um, hopefully the San Jose game, uh, a game in which they scored seven goals. Hopefully they'll be, they'll be able to carry the momentum of that into their next games. But uh, again, uh, not a lot of confidence uh, in that uh, because, again, you're playing against a team that is so bad that you don't know how that's going to translate <laughs> to teams with competent uh, rosters. 
Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, th that's the Kraken. There's no storm news to talk about. Uh, let's go ahead and talk some Sounders. Right, and for the Sounders, just a reminder that their match is this coming Sunday. It is the semifinals. It is versus the Los Angeles Football Club. So uh, let's go. Uh, you know, it it we're we're just days away from the next uh, match. It is you know a playoff match. So um, you know, tune in and uh, you know cheer on your team. I guess. Uh, that's all I really have for Sounders since, you know, it's been a while since they played a game. So uh, just a reminder that they got that going on. So let's go ahead and we can uh, move on to the O.L. Reign. All right, and it is the off season for the Reign. So let's talk about some moves that they have already made at the end of this season here. Uh, uh, they have let us know that uh, Yamina Lopez and um, Luani are going to be uh, still on loan in Liga F in Spain through the end of 2024. Um, they are in the process of uh, exercising the option of Shea Holmes. Uh, we have... Um, Let's see here. They're still in talks with Olivia Athens, Ryan Brown, Laurel Ivory, Alyssa Melanson, and Maya Perez. They're in contract talks with them uh, this very moment. And um, they have waived Marley Canals. And, uh, you know, they got some big free agents uh, to... Uh, go over this off season. Uh they're gonna have uh uh Ziara King, Rose Lavelle, Emily Sonnet, Nikki Stanton, they're all free agents this off season. Now uh Ziara King is a restricted free agent, so they'll have first uh dibs, but Rose Lavelle, Emily Sonnet, and Nikki Stanton, I think all important players to keep on your team. They are all unrestricted free agents. So we'll see uh you know what they're able to do in keeping to be able to keep those players. We'll keep you updated here. But that's what the rain roster is looking like here at the end of the season, at the very beginning of the off season here. All right. And again, no sea dragon news. So really that's gonna be the end of the show. Uh, again, happy thank Thanksgiving to you and all your loved ones. Hope you're enjoying the day. Um, thank you so much uh, for listening to the Seattle Sports Show and checking this show out. Please hit the subscribe button, the like button, leave a comment. Uh, let me know how you are feeling about the Eugenio Suarez trade uh, in this very moment. Uh, are you just angry? Are you like me? Are you waiting to see what it leads to? Uh, let me know how you feel. Uh, let me know, uh, you know, since I'm recording this before the Seahawks game, uh, let me know uh, if you think the uh, Seahawks can take down uh, the 49ers uh, this week and take control of the division. Yes, 
uh, as bad of the, as the losses have felt lately. The Seahawks, if they win today, they will be back in first place in the division. Uh, so let me know how you're feeling about that and what you think the outcome is going to be. And uh, just again, thanks so much for listening to the Seattle Sports Show where we watch the legends awaken and breathe fire. So take cover because with this sea of sound, you will see us rise to reign supreme and win forever.